had to call me in. Um, your boy, uh, tell us. God, I got my intros crossed up. I did a YouTube video for the first time, I don't know how long, and um, I forgot my intro for the YouTube video. And as I do, I forgot the intro for my podcast as well. That's 30 seconds we haven't gone into the uh, podcast topic yet. Um, so the tip-off at Tumors, one of the, I think now, quintessential um, events marking a new sport returning, such as the Auburn Spring Game or the softball playing against teams with drunkards and, and other community college attendees because uh, that's what the softball team does apparently. The softball team will play like entire days against this nearby community college and beat the shit out of them. I don't understand what this game from doing that, but whatever. Um, the basketball team, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to do um, these exhibition games against burner teams. I, know, I remember my first year was the first year Auburn was good. The first good Bruce Pearl year, I feel like, was significantly good one. Um, we played an exhibition game at Barry College, and we lost. And I, I listen, 2020 with COVID, I understand that, but they they did a, they did a, they actually did a dark horse, not dark horse, but like uh, a, it's called it's, it's a house show. You know what a house show is? Okay, so they have these house shows where like you play in wrestling you do a show where it's basically just like wrestling matches and that's really flowing to the continuity of the real timeline that's kind of what they do with i know they did it with troy i think it was in 2019 but it might have been 2020 i know they played against troy and i think they won narrowly against troy in a uh in an exhibition game but that's not that wasn't playing auburn so i don't know if that was canon or what but until we get exhibition games back in Auburn, this is pretty much the biggest basketball event we have before the season starts. So it was primarily basketball oriented, which you know I like because that's I think what's I'm listen. I was a football first guy probably for like since I would say from about two thousand and yeah, two thousand seven or two thousand eight. To, to, to about 2014 or 15, probably up to 15. But really killed my kind of, I guess, adoration uh, of football. I still like love football, but like, like undying adoration of football. And it would kind of like raised my platform of basketball was kind of just football in the college sense is my number one sport. It always will be. But the product has declined year over year for a while. And this is probably the most interesting year since uh, the, the, the makings of why this interesting has happened for a couple years. I can go to that in a different podcast. But as a whole, I felt like from 2000 and really I would say 2014, 2015, one of those two, to, to about 2020, just almost year over year decline. And there's some interruptions on the way. Like, it's not a steady, just, you know, line going down. But I think that lack of personalities is hurt. And this isn't a football pot. This isn't a football episode. But lack of personality is hurt. Um, the, I think, homogeneity of styles 
offensively especially kind of start to creep up because you know people were trailblazing so much that everybody realized hey he's trailblazing let me do what he's doing so in a sense like the early 2010s kind of uh air raid triple option spread but spread veer spread uh more option like you know the read option you may see in NCAA 14 um you know some rpo stuff you know kind of just different styles kind of it just became more concepts in everybody's general playbook so to speak um and i think that basketball really for a while was the opposite of that i think i think they both trended up at the same time but what hurt nba versus uh is you shouldn't compare professional versus amateurism but i feel like the two more interesting sports to me are going to be basketball college the nba and then college, uh, college football. Because I feel like those are probably the two, to me, those two are the most similar in atmosphere, if that makes sense. Because you put, it, it, the thing is it requires a good, a good situation. Like, the SEC is comparable to like the top dogs in the NBA. Like the top four or five like arenas in the NBA. Like those people that can sell out a, a, a real, stadium with decent seats uh and the shows put on that atmosphere is comparable to like an sec like game but like you compare like fucking an, uh, an auburn game to like a jazz game or like i don't know a, a pelican i've been to a pelican game a pelican game pelican game sucks like those those games suck and auburn's atmosphere is always going to be pretty much for the most part Pretty, it's pretty solid, I think. Um, and then to that effect, I guess to continue that that kind of trend line, um, both the viewership of college football and the attendance of college football have been taking hits, and then the viewership and I believe the attendance of like the lower end of uh, NBA teams has kind of been troubling. I can't speak to the higher ones. I feel like it's Lakers probably sell out games than ever, you know. All Lakers have to do is just like drop the price of tickets, and they're gonna sell out. Like the problem is that like college football games, like they can't get asses in seats, and they have like affordable tickets. Like Auburn has has had like twenty, thirty, forty dollar tickets uh, for like burner games. And they couldn't sell those out. That's that's a problem, right? But like you being able to sell like a, a five hundred dollar Lakers ticket is not a problem per se. That's just you know, kind of greed, I suppose. Um, but say it to say, I am a basketball first guy for the most part nowadays. Like, I still follow college football as much, well as I can, you know, generally speaking, uh, with how many games occur, obviously. But I think I'd have more of a knowledge of basketball, especially NBA, and try to get more into college basketball every season, season because of Auburn. And so thank you, thank you, roundabout way to say thank you, Bruce Pearl, for making Auburn relevant in college basketball so I can kind of adore basketball more and have more connections to it because at the end of the day any sport you follow is because you have a, a rooted connection for it there's nobody you can even go to jackson frank uh the in, in essence philadelphia guy um there's just nobody that's able i think to really cover a sport or care about a sport significantly without some kind of like rooting interest and that rooting interest can be your friends that have teams and you follow those out of a connection or you follow those because you want to shut in your face your friends face when they lose 
whatever spite that's an emotion that can attach you to something but the fact of the matter is you can't just in my opinion just follow something to follow something I think that's insanely difficult in my opinion to just like be like okay I like I like soccer and this, this is my problem I have with soccer like I soccer I got into it because of Euro 2020 really like I've in times of other situations like the um the Georgia not Georgia uh, Germany ass kicking of uh, Brazil uh I think there's Bayern Munich beating the shit out of uh I forgot the team but the uh the whole Luis Suarez saying this is the Bundesliga uh and then the same guy the same uh the same captain from the uh the Germany team was also on the uh god I forgot his name I would remember this any other instance but it was a 7-1 game versus the uh, 8-2 game of Germany Brazil those two things kind of like really stayed in my mind it's like wow I just see really just disastrous ass kickings and like soccer is like the most disheartening ass kickings of all time at any other sport um and then Euro 2020 popped up and then I saw I heard the um on hot dudes, uh, this is a whole fucking like ten minutes just segment to my own life. Um, on hot dudes, which is this, this website that streams games, like, some of the best streams that like is out there in my opinion, and they have a good community, good chat, and the the form that I post on, for the most part, when it comes to sports, they mainly use hot dudes, so it's like it's all it's pretty much linked up as well as you can get because of you know with streams, fragmentation, internet. Usually, a lot of times you like have like varying points to somebody else that may be in the same room as you. But if you all use the same stream, you're pretty much golden for the most part. But um, hot dudes always play three lines on the shirt: the uh, Skinner and, and all those motherfuckers, the uh, the Britain British band. Um, that's from the theme song for England, you know, going into the uh, Euros, and then you know, come to find out, England's going this fucking miracle run. That hasn't been seen in like 50 years. Maybe they showed a Germany who haven't beaten them since fucking 96 or no, 66, my bad. Um, it, it was just fun. Like, it was just fun. A lot of personalities. Kyle, uh, Saka, uh, Raheem, Raheem Sterling, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, I had a ton of fun with that shit. You know? I really did. And I'm trying to, you know, tune in time to time, you know, PSG, Man City, uh, Man U, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Arsenal, Ar- Arsenal. I-, I forgot you, how you pronounce it, as they say it. Uh, I think it's, it's not Arsenal. That's like fucking Arsenal Hall. It's not Arsenal though. It's like Arsenal, Arsenal or some shit like that. I don't know, but I, they might be Arsenal. But there's some fun things up there in soccer. But fuck, let's get into it. Okay, so I'm gonna take a break. I'm, I'm really getting into this, into this talk about actual takeaways. I'm sorry that I just fucking yo. I'm sorry. All right, so I went back and listened to the first episode. That was that was a rough audio. Um, Riley Donahue started following me. That, that's where we're gonna start this uh, episode off with. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Riley Donahue, the goat. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give my little anecdotal, I guess, experience with Ronnie, Riley Donahue that I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lead off with the women's. Um, so I've seen Riley Donahue around campus a couple times. Uh, she's, I think she's in the same year I am. I'm pretty sure she might be a year under me. A year 24. She's like a couple years under me. Never mind. Um, I saw her at the bar. Matter of fact, um, if Riley Donahue listens, I don't know why she would, but if she listens to this. 
Um, I saw her at the bar. It was like midsummer time, and she came like some like really tall chick. Like right now, he's like my height, like maybe like an inch shorter. Uh, probably five nine if I had to ballpark it. And if she, hey, let me let me see sure right now. If she's five nine, barefooted, and she's an inch shorter than me. That means I'm legit five ten. So women on Tinder, listen to this right now. I'm an inch taller than the, than the demon. You could go, you could look at her height. They measure barefooted, and you know women don't cap about their height. If she's five nine, I'm five ten. That that's no no more cap in my rap. Um, but going back, to, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> she, she she was with some tall chick. The tall girl was like fucking fine as hell. Ryan Donahue was cute, right? Like I, I just wanted to ask the. the I hope this is a manly. I think this is a male. I look at my analytics every once in a while. I think this is a mainly a male podcast. Go look up Riley Donahue, Auburn women's basketball team. She's kind of cute in my opinion. Um, she has always kind of had like the kind of, like, I think, team. Like what Dylan Cardwell is for the basketball team, the men's basketball team. I feel like she's kind of like that for the women's team. Like, kind of like the Enigma. Uh, her and Annie Hughes, I feel like, kind of do that that role. Uh, Annie Hughes being like the fucking, like, her calves are fu- She has like the, um, like the fucking, um, the the, the uh, Ray Allen calves, like just insane. Like I, her lift has to be insane. In her jump shot, uh, which I did watch her shoot. I suppose I think the purest form on that team. Cause Riley Donahue isn't much of a shooter. I thought she was because she's white, but she's not much of a shooter. Um, I watched a couple games last year for the women's basketball team. By the way, uh, I thought Ro- Ro- Romy is it Romy Romy Levy um, would be a a pretty good jump shooter. I've seen her IG a few times. Um, I thought she'd be a pretty good show, shooter. Shouter. Um, she had a bad shooter. I just don't think she get, got a lot of opportunities. Is that what I would say? A lot of opportunities. Like, I feel like she could have easily been out there more, like, putting shots up. But um, they kind of had her playing like, more around the, the basket, like, in a, uh, like, kind of a basket. Just think about back to the basket four off the top of your head. I don't know, like Chumo Kiki. I don't know. But Chumo Kiki is more of a stretch now at this point. But just think of somebody like that. Just a stretch, a back to the basket four that pretty much play around the round. That's kind of how they use her, which is weird because she's like, she's like probably sits too. Like I've seen her around. I've seen like a lot of, I go to this, I've been this for four years. Bro. I'm old as fuck. Um, she's like built. Like she's like fucking built as fuck. But like at the end of the day, she's like, Probably of the ballpark, like six to one sixty sixty five, something like that. You know, which is like having her around the basket is not smart either on offense or defense, in my opinion. You can like do a dirt thing, which like she's an inside outside type of player, but like she's probably shouldn't be banging the post. And um, going from there, I'm just doing stream of conscious at this point, I suppose. I like that they had the women's team lead off first. I think that was smart because. Bruce is always like not in a a pandering way, but always has tried to give back to the other programs because, because pretty much Bruce passed up all the other programs to be the number two program in Auburn pretty quickly. But 2017, he cemented that, and then I think he's always tried to pass on that that uh, program building ability and what has what has garnered as far as fans and such uh, program support. To baseball, I think he's done some swimming stuff. Uh, I'm sure he's probably been a question a couple of times. And then women's basketball. He's not trying to put him for women's basketball more than anything. He's even tried to recruit women's basketball. If you go to, I think it's Annie Hughes' class, um, 
Lauren Hanson, I think, was an overtime, uh, be, uh, not B-Ball breakdown. Um, one of those, like, you know, fucking Julian Newman types that kind of just did a circuit with all the Instagram famous basketball pages. Lauren Hanson, um, a couple other pretty talented players like that class that transferred because of, I think, Coach Terry, who I have, you know, a decent level of respect for the coach, but just some flaws, especially offensively. Uh, and with, you know, malleability defensively as well. Um, just a massive amount of transfers, like a ton of transfers. I think that, um, I want to say Annie Hughes is the only one out of, the, out of her class that came at, or stayed. And she's, I think, a five, six women class, if I remember correctly. Uh, at least four. I think it was five, though. And I respect Annie Hughes' study, by the way. That's, you know, pretty cool. Um, what, what did I say? So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they let off with Johnny Harris to me. He's going to be all about the business. Kind of closer to Brian Harson than um, fucking Bruce Pearl. He's not like, at least he's not in your face. Like, she's not, she's not a TV personality, right? Like, Bruce Pearl's a TV personality if he never coached again in his life. He's always going to be the kind of charismatic, I can sell you, you know, water if you live in an ocean type of person. He's just, great at what he does and Johnny Harris is like I'm about my business we're gonna make things happen we're gonna build stuff up you know but woman of very few words and then I saw her staff and her staff used to have the rapport uh you know the record been around the block especially SEC and then I think it's kind of reflected in you know what was I think always a very fun women's team like they always personalities from there like what I've seen you know around the block my own experiences what I've heard they're always very bubbly personalities. So pairing, I wanted to see how that, like, that translated to what happened. And I think that, um, you know, I think that for the most part, Coach uh, Coach Johnny was very off, you know, off, you know, put her hands off, let, let them cook, do their thing. Um, and they did their thing. I think they, had, they did a good job. I think the uh, hot shot idea was cool. Um, to me, there was a little bit too much... Like, if you have that, and you have the three-point shooting contest, like, you know, which one is which, you know? Like, I mean, I think kind of split together well. Uh, I think next time, and this is a general thing, I think they need to, like, kind of plan out these a little bit better. Like, I think they knew what they wanted to do as far as we want to put up shots, you know, and with it being a wet court, they kind of like force it to only put up shots. But, like, I think they could try to do more diversification with that, that, that um, I don't know, just maybe, like, some 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 dribble contests or you know maybe just rip off some some all-star weekend ideas something to kind of freshen it up because i just think it became too much just basically shooting at the end of the day which is cool because you know those shooters in the women's team a lot of ones i don't recognize i pretty much didn't recognize most of that team like i like i said donahue uh romy levy uh honestly scott grayson uh Kaye White, I recognize the name, but I don't remember, remember as a player. Uh, and then Any Hughes, I think that's five I can recognize on top of my head. And then there's one like really beefy four they had last year that I'm pretty sure I saw out there again, but I can't tell you for sure. But I know they had a ton of transfers come in. That was kind of Harris's uh, staff's kind of philosophy was transfers, and they probably got quite a few I didn't recognize. They had one that was fucking knocking down shots. I'm not sure if she was transferred, but she was like draining those fucking shots. Like, Whoever she is, he's a start date one. But 
yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's some, um, there's some. I thought like more than they just need more confident guard play. They had one girl that I think is gone now. That um, I think started over honestly, Scott Grayson, and she was cool, but I think she had like it's either her or honesty that I saw against Alabama, like towards it, like on like Valentine's Day, something around that time, and they got ripped down half court almost every fucking possession. It was mind-numbing to see that happen. Like, on a, a D1 level. Uh, so, they definitely better guard play. And they probably will need to, like, kind of fill the spot left by Unique Thompson in committee. Um, I think they can do that. I mean, I just think there's... It's not going to be around the basket as much. From what I can see. It's going to be more, like, shots and... Unfortunately, the offense that they had with the previous administration kind of not lend itself towards in between ball really uh, efficient plays uh, mainly because they didn't have facilitators via V you know yada yada and I just want to say that I think the women's team could be very good in a couple of years and I think they have pretty much their whole core from the previous administration has another year left in them the past year so this might be a rebuilding year but I think it could be interesting and from what I understand they scheduled pretty difficultly to try to you know get Things going. I know a lot of these girls like hear the shit they get talked about as far as women's sports, blah blah blah. These women want to be better, you know. Like they want to be successful. They want to be as interesting as the male program. They put on for the male program a lot of times. They kind of come out to the male program uh, games often. I know I've like seen their schedule because I, I um I was gonna do I was gonna be a practice. Um, player or dummy or whatever for the the women's team and my job didn't work out with I want to quit my fucking job to do it honestly I want to quit my fucking job here because I'm a senior and this is my last year at fucking Auburn I kind of like to not do this you know but whatever um this is about me but yeah they, they actually they go out and do a lot of shit like they the women's team puts in a lot of work with like the community and all this that Johnny Harris was saying about coach Johnny Harris was saying about that community they put in a lot of work especially from the present measures I can tell even from there they put in a lot of work, so like that's not like not platonic sh- or not not face value, you know, lying. It's real shit. So I wish the best for them. Um, I guess I'll get onto the uh, the football side of things, and then no, I'll say the football stuff because it's not much to talk about. But I'll get to the basketball stuff. I actually didn't give the, the Riley Donahue story, so I figured, you know, I might as well give that, and then I'll get into uh, into the rest of it. And also, I just follow, like, Ronnie Riley on uh, Instagram. She followed me back, so shout out Riley Donahue. Um, I don't follow, like, three different people on this platform, and um, she's the only women's basketball player following me back, so shout out to her. Jerace Walker. Oh, wait, the story. Fuck it. God damn, I, I forgot. Oh, yeah. So, um, I play a lot of basketball and I have a lot of black women following me on, on Auburn, or I used to have a lot of black women that are two degrees separation away from me on Auburn. So, apparently, my uh, a story I posted that was essentially, you know, what I do, I post on it whenever I go to the gym. Not always, but a lot of times I just post them. You know, like, if you ever listen to Brit Fox, like, I'm the white Eddie Murphy, I'm the white Chris Rock. I'll just post, like, I'm black insert white basketball player so I just feel like I'm black uh Sarunas Marcellonis or I'm fucking 
I'm black, you know, Mark Eaton, you know, I'm 5'10", you know, but it, it's just literally just any player. So this one, I was just, I kind of figured that when I posted, it's going to be a little bit contentious, but it's like, I don't have that many people who like engage with my shit on Instagram. So it's like, you know, you have to be really just a nosy fuck to like share this around. But one of these people, and I could tell because they get all of them from the same um, black sorority, one of them took my my post on Instagram and sent it around. And, like I had like probably seven or eight different black women that like don't follow me put up pull up on my shit. And I, I'm pretty sure I know who sent it. But like I unfollowed like all the ones I knew that like that followed me that I followed. I just unfollowed all of them because I was like, why are you being that damn nosy? But I'm imagining it got back to uh, Riley in some capacity. So I don't know. Shout out to her following me back if it did, and shout out to her to following me back if it didn't. But um, Jerace Walker. That that this is really the most important disappointing part of this. Even more disappointing the basketball um the dunk contest not occurring. Um. Jerace Walker, I found out like probably two days ago that he would not be able to actually make it to the um, to the kickoff, which I know it be the tip off, not kickoff, the tip off. Um, and that was depressing because I just really wanted to have Jerace Walker go out there. I mean, like, that was that was not as good as the other one. I will say right now, like that was not nearly as good as the one I had two years ago, but. I really think that uh, Jerace Walker would have loved that, bro. Like, you, you give Jerace Walker that. You give him the pro day on Friday, which is um, apparently not open invite. Uh, like I thought, I thought I could just like me, a normal ass person, just go like, "Hey, let me see Jabari Smith," or "Let me see." I don't know what they're doing to put out. I just assume they just like show off the best they have as far as the the uh, current players to the NBA teams. That's what I would imagine they do because, you know, they had Jalen Doran and, uh, and famously, they had uh, Imani Bates at Memphis and they sucked. Especially Imani Bates, not, not Doran. But, but uh, I'm not hating on, hate on Imani, by the way. I mean, like, let him do his thing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Imani Bates has been fa- facing the, I'm not going to go off. I swear I'm going to stay on the topic this time. But Imani Bates has been facing the uphill battle since literally eighth grade, dude. There's no player in the history of college basketball, and like, well, in the past ten years, I can think of that had to go against most more shit when he got to the actual college sport than Imani Bates, dude. He's been going through it for a fucking while. Um, but yeah, I I, I love that um, we're doing this, you know, and we're getting. I think Pearl said they're pretty much all teams supposed to be out there watching. Obviously, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith. Uh, Walker Kessler won't be able to do because he had a concussion apparently which they're going to I think probably hurt him more than it should just because I think Kessler was like there's two legitimate NBA talents in this team there's Flanagan who's was projected as a you know lofty first rounder um, during his like really good stretch out of conference last season and then there's Jabari who's going, you know, top 10 at worst. Um, so then you take that and then you have Kessler who has the skill set of an NBA center, but it's like, it's an NBA center. And I don't think he was an NBA potential center coming out of UNC. And I think the buzz would have made you think that he's comparable to Jabari, which 
It makes you think, okay, probably fringe first rounder maybe if things bust right, but a concussion in pro day, and then you probably, like, I mean, the season starts like the first week of November, so probably at least miss, if there's enough of him, like, Bruce would be like, he's like, legitimately he's to sit down for a minute, kind of, you know, take a chill pill. I think he's out at least next week, too. So, you know, probably getting back into the screening things about half of October left. Uh, you know, that's not not great. Not great news, but I mean, it's not like it'll help, like, it'll make him forget how to play basketball. It's just like, one of those things that, like, all this preseason hype as far as individual players goes, like, within this month itself, probably not be actually with the Walker Kessler. Although he had a very, very welcoming, very fun uh, series of kind of interviews and, you know, answers uh, a couple of days ago, and they were doing that for players. So, Flanagan being out until probably a month or two before March Madness, Kessler probably being out for at least another week. Not ideal, you know, not, not an ideal situation, but this team, this team has a diversity of personalities, diversity of bodies, diversity of skill sets, uh, a coach that seems to have a scheme that now matches what he wants to do with his team. Um, because I felt like 2020, the 2019 uh, hype in 2020 was beset by a few things that pro needs that pro can get around. I, I a lot of people mad at me for saying this, and maybe it was different in Tennessee. I'm not sure, but from what I can see, and I, I think I watched a decent amount of basketball. I think there's some things that pro needs that pro can't get around. I think pro does need a dynamic facilitator at point guard. I think he needs somebody that can create in freelance sets. I don't think he has enough, like enough of a system just to say we're going to only run S and O's. And I think he did a decent job of actually running plays for that team last year. But he had like a god tier point guard where you could do that. And I still think it was great. I just think it was better than before because the Harper years are all freelance pretty much. And then you know the only system really ran was pretty much Schumer at the high post. Or um, you know, Wiley back to the basket. He thought he got some pure forward post looks, but for the most part, he was just pretty much a shooter. But for the most part, it's just Chuma high post, you know, elbow looks, and then it was just back to the basket, Wiley. Outside of that, I mean, you know, maybe some P and R, some pick and pops, but you know, this kind of thing is that you know he he would like throw out there as far as just silent adjustment, but it's not like a, a player, quote unquote. I guess it's just kind of a look that you can get, you make it work, which. You know, that's cool. I mean, it, it is an action that you kind of have planned when you have this look, try to run this or try to set this up, you know, bend the, the, um, the defense a certain way in transition and get this to work. So it's not to say that Bruce doesn't, like, have things implemented in his offense, per se, but it's just that there's clearly a, I would say probably percentage-wise, like 80% of what he wants to do, 85% maybe, with certain years. It's just freelance. And this team... Feels like with 100%, one that shouldn't be too, too freelance. Like, I know you said, you know, four out, one in. When I see everybody healthy and you move down Jabari to the five, which, you know, he's probably more of a three, four than a four, five, but you move down to the five, you move Jalen to the five. This could be a five out team. And a five out team with, you know, Jabari at the top of the key. Be able to, he seems to be a pretty decent passer for me. 
throw the pass to either corner or, you know, five out, you know, move, isolate you know, Wendell, and then one of the pick and pop bigs, you know, Jalen. Uh, I think Walker's three. I need to see Walker's three work before I call him a shooter. Jabari, you know, pick and pop to the one side, you know. I mean, with how much pressure I hear when Delgan pulling the rim as far as a, a driver, that should be a very viable option. Um, Zep Japser, his Zep, Zep Japser, Jasper, Zep Jas, Jasper, fuck, I can't get that right. He's, his shot was a lot purer than his stats would have led me to believe. Because I just thought he was like a volume chucker, but I also thought that he like didn't have a good shot for him. At least not a, a late, he has a, Really good shot for him. Like, I don't know if it's, like, going to read in the history books. But you look at his shot from, like, a Wendell Greens. Uh, the better three-point shooter is Jasper. Uh, that that should be a better three-point shooter. That At 5'11", with that shot form, I can't see how uh, Wendell would get off anything other than an open three. Like, I think he would be pretty much Javon McCormick's stats where like, he just... He can get you to like going to the rim, hopefully get some things around the mid range. I haven't looked at his. I don't think I've looked at his highlights since like the first weekend he committed, or first week he committed. But that's a very tough shot for him. I got that short because it's a. It's not a slow windup, but it's a windup. He's a he's a right. He's a right handed shooter, so it's kind of like KD or Lonzo windup on the left side of the body, and it comes up to his head, and unlike. Lonzo, who pretty much like released it from his head, he does the whole fall. He does, actually does a, a real release point, uh, you know, kind of semi natural, I suppose, and then a real follow through, as you would see in a real jump shot. But it's just the fact of the matter is, he's either going to try to keep on doing that from the left side of his body, and you know, probably miss a lot of shots doing that, I imagine, or at least, you know, I mean, when, when sped up shooting like that is going to kill you. Or he's gonna try to probably, you know, marginally adjust it, and it's gonna be damn impossible to do that, you know, in season. But marginally adjust it where he can kind of get it more to the right side of his body, and you know, doing that probably fucking his mechanics, maybe get blocked more time. So it's gonna be weird to see how he works out. He's gonna have to, I think, pretty much be a guy who makes his shots off ball with that, that shot form. But Zep seems to be somebody to be more of a Bryce Brown, shoot off the dribble shoot with a guy's hand in his face, just shoot. Um, Louis Williams type, uh, Lou Will type, for those who don't know, just get his shots off and never. He's going to be like instant offense, kind of. Lou Will, I think, is the, kind of the best offense compares I can think of. Obviously, probably not to that level, but, you know, if you can get that from maybe get like one or two assists a game, you know, that's that's probably within his wheelhouse. And then, you know, his calling card, I think, is from defense, too. You know, it's going to be something big for him. Um Dylan Cardwell, he didn't do much as far as actual on-court stuff. I mean, he's clearly the de facto, you know, heart of this team. Uh, everybody seems to go to him to some degree as far as being that dude, you know, drumming up emotion. And, you know, I think it's something to be said for that. I'm hoping his skills have developed to where he can be, at the very least, a more dependable, uh, you know, pick-and-roll guy. Him and Sharif had a lot of chemistry in that role. And then he can, you know, kind of maybe add, you know, better rim protection without gambling as much blocks, you know, getting fouled uh, as a result of that gambling as well. You know, try to find a, a better balance between his energy and, you know, production, so to speak. Um, 
Who else? 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 Who else am I thinking about? Uh, Jalen Williams, his shot form. I, it's disgusting for like two years now. I, I, his shot form was awful to me, too. I, I, don't, I don't even want to go into it. Um, nobody else got shot if I can think of. Uh, Katie Johnson, Katie Johnson. Uh, he seems to be, to, based on the way Bruce talked about him ad nauseum and kind of gave him the, you know, be, duplicate me, you know, sound like how I would sound. To me, I think Katie Johnson is going to be one of the vocal leaders. He, he reminds me of Lowry. That's what he's always reminded me of. He reminds me of Lowry from the jump. He's going to be kind of like that. I mean, I, I put my foot down and say something, you know, a lot of dudes going to listen type of guy. And with Flanagan being out for a significant amount of time, uh, and I don't think, you know, some of the other, you know, really likable dudes like Baba Tunde or Dylan, I don't, they don't seem to me to be like, you know, like the Kobe's, like the, I'm going to put some bass in my voice and get through to listen type of shit. They don't seem like them. Uh, I see, like, Zip Jasper said he could be that, but he doesn't see much ecstasy uh, basketball. I think Katie Johnson, to me, they seem the best ordained to be, like, the leader, you know, as that, that would go. And I heard Jalen Williams, you know, he helps, too, in that in that role, you know, in previous years, stuff like that. Uh, it might be, you know, the village raises the kids type of thing, but I really think Katie Johnson is going to be a leader type. And uh, the looked good, you know. It looked a little better than I thought it was. Some bricks, you know, but... His four doesn't look bad, so that's all that really matters. He draws a lot of, like, Pearl said, like people said all uh, off season. Draws a lot of free throws. Uh, he make, he creates a lot of easy points. That's what his game is. So, and he's a driver first, I think, in my opinion. So it's not like him being a shooting contest really matters, you know, per se. But uh, he's stout. That dude has like no neck. He is fucking burly. That's a motherfucker that like. He gets up like under you, like he gets you like a choke or some shit like that. You're done. Like you, there's not shit you can do. Um, so shout out to Katie Johnson, and uh, I think that's pretty much about it. You know, I wish we could have saw Walker Kessler put some threes up. I know he would have been a three point contest, definitely. Uh, they got they got dicked over by the uh, the I guess condensation on the floor. Uh, Lear Berman tried to jump twice with us, and this court is fucked. Um, and I think I figure pretty much as such like. I knew more anything would affect whether or not this happened, and it sounded like it was more up to the air if it was going to happen or not than, you know, it seemed maybe for some people, but I thought it was going to be up in the air, and then I knew what was going to happen is that if that court is wet, they don't ever want to risk hurting these dudes before pro day tomorrow. So I think there was just people were like, oh, well, you know, they could, you know, they dunk in the pregame or like the pre festivities or whatever, but like anybody that's played with like, shitty shoes or like on a wet court nose like all these like one tweak and they have they already have like what three guys out for injury or two guys out with injury two starters out with injury um you can't you can't risk it you know in that situation you can't risk it you really can't so I mean I understood why they did it it sucks because you know Cambridge is one of the guys up there and his main thing is dunking like he's dunkaroo you know and Berman uh, I've seen him around the buck a couple times he has good ups for you know, a, a white guy, I suppose. Uh, no, but he, he's athletic. Um, and then the other guy probably just not, you know, comedic value. But Cambridge, I mean, Cambridge is a crazy fucking dunker. His bird is crazy. He gets up there for a sit sits guy. He's crazy jumper. Uh, but I had fun watching that. And I hope everybody else had fun watching that. Good, good, you know, glimpse into how fun this team will be. Even if they don't win a title, I think it's a very fun team, man. Really, that's the, that's what matters to me, like. I think people really need to, like, put in perspective, like, fun when they evaluate these teams. Is this team going to, like, 
or you're gonna enjoy them, you're gonna b- remember them. I think you're gonna remember this Auburn team the same way you probably remember it if you watched the 2020 team. That um, a lot of people still listen to fucking uh, YBN Namira. It's like grown ass people. Um, I think it's important to really like remember in, in the whole evaluating of this that like. This team has a core that's gonna pretty much be together for at least another season for the most part. Like um Flanagan is gone, Jabbar's gonna be gone. Kessler should be back. And then everybody else should be back. And then you probably will have maybe Derace Walker. Um, you'll have at least some star, I'm sure, come in via either transfer portal or high school and then I'll just pretty much run back the same um, the same ideals from this team you'll have a core and then you'll have a star maybe a couple stars and I think that's I think Bruce is finally figuring out how to run this gambit a little bit and not to say that Bruce like doesn't know how to manage a team and I think Bruce knows how to do it better than most coaches in, in, in the game but I think Bruce was still trying to recruit in a semi-traditional way when Things like overtime, the G League, all that stuff popped up. And I think it burned him disproportionately because I just don't think he had. I, I think that maybe it's resources or whatever, but I think that there's a lot more eggs put into one basket with Auburn than there is with most teams. Uh, and maybe that loyalty, I mean, loyalty's helped him get some guys that literally said they committed because of the loyalty, the, you know, being there early, all that stuff that, that Bruce has shown. I think Dylan Green would have been a get if it wasn't for, you know, um, G League. I think that, um, what's his name, Shooter? Scoop? Scoop? Scooter? Scooter. Scooter Henderson would have been a get if it wasn't for overtime being a fucking million dollars. Um, I'm hoping that NIL makes it comparable. You know, NIL is supposed to really just give these coaches in all NCAA walks of life a fighting chance. And I think that that might allow him to get a Jarese Walker where Jarese might have been to the G League himself, something like that at one point. Or maybe, you know, Zion Cruz, for example. You know, Zion Cruz is pretty much a take, and they didn't want Zion Cruz because he didn't fit their system. You know, in years past where Auburn really was out of the running for a lot of five stars, either very early or very late where they didn't have any options, um, has some of Zion Cruz may have been an option. You know, they missed out on Nick Smith, too. They have some guys that aren't five stars that are really interesting, like Chance Wester. Um, hopefully some of those dudes will some pretty – Big time events going forward this season, but um, I really wish we had Jarrett Walker at this event. Uh, he didn't make it from what I understand. He will be able to enjoy the game with the pro day, and I hope they can really. Someone had a sign. The only sign I remember, like especially seeing, was a Jarrett Walker sign. And unfortunately, whoever put that up, I think it was actually a, a, a woman. Uh, whoever put that up, unfortunately, Jarrett was not there. Although this was televised on SEC Network Plus, so maybe that'll do the rounds and get up to Jarrett, but. That reminds me of Jalen Green two years ago. That was for a very hard time. All right, so in closing out, we have uh, just a little bit of football talk. Not, not anything crazy, because I, I really can't talk too much longer. My fucking everything hurts right now. I'm going to go to bed. Um, so Brian Harson, very personal individual. Um, hope he's doing well. You know, he... <laughs> very personable kind of tongue in cheek but 
he, I think Brian Harson is who he is. You know, he's no nonsense, and he kind of carries that in all walks of life. Um, that's him. You know, that's just who he is. The type of guy he is uh, has. He was not very awe-inspiring, in my opinion, as far as his interviews with Andy Burkham and his own little talks on the court. But he got guys hyped up. He uh, he said the right things. He's um, I, th- I think honestly, God, I think Gus is more quippy than he is. Gus may not be more, but I think Gus is kind of like anti-charismatic in that he can kind of be likable in a weird, like goofy way. But like Harson is just like. A board, a board. It's a straight board. It's like, at least as far as the parson that is out there, it's pretty much like virtually no, like, jokes or jabs or you know, wit. It's just this is what you got. And that was cool. We got guys hyped up. Um, kind of, they kind of talked about it. he didn't get any specifics whatsoever as far as the LSU game, the Georgia game. Uh, he doesn't have any history of his own to really go back on. So it kind of just we were here to celebrate the now, you know, so to speak. Yeah, they bring out the football team uh, towards the end. You know, some, not not all the players, some really big time players. And, you know, kind of celebrate the end to get people hyped up for the Georgia game. Uh, very huge game. I obviously hope everybody can go is able to go. Uh, I'm very anticipatory of that of that game because I think it could be a bring the line and see how the season goes. And it's probably like three different routes the game could go for Auburn that you know. Re- result in three different timelines, but I'm looking forward to it. It's from just the football side of things. I mean, not really anything too big. It's not a football thing per se, but uh, good event. I think the rain kind of hurt things a lot. I think they kind of scrambled to make things work with the rain. I don't think they had too many things planned as far as activities without the rain, but I think rain kind of. I think rain may have either rain or you know maybe COVID issues, which is still a thing. Short staffing issues are, are a thing as well. Uh, the fan festivities were definitely a lot less, less or so than last time. Again, less last time was before COVID, so there's a discrepancy there. Uh, I got a better seat, or I guess better standing spot because I didn't have a fucking the chick that sat in front of me, dude, was legit six feet tall. I was like five nine back when this event. I, I'm not going into this event, but I was like five nine in the last event. She had like fucking two things on me easy. Like, what the fuck is this? my kind of look that I get stuck behind the fucking tall chick goddamn crowd? That's just my luck. But I had a, I had a better spot this time around. Um, had a midget stand in front of me, thankfully, so that was cool. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought it was worse than last time, but I thought it was still good. I thought I joined a lot of community. A lot of people went to support places downtown as far as food and shit went, so that's cool. Um, and I, they need to plan things out a little bit better. My big sponsor is, and this is me, I usually can be saying it's Dolo, so always take, whenever I complain about a game or something, athletic event, just know I come to these things so more, more times than not. So the fun is going to be pretty much from the event. That's, like, it's not going to be any outward fun, at least from my perspective, on this stuff. So the events, everything. And then how much I'm willing to tolerate is also based on that as well. Because obviously you have somebody friend with you, you stick around for a little bit more bullshit than that person would. You know, that doesn't have a friend with them. So I came at five twenty ish or so. And it was a pretty much a line, about at least a line two or three deep across the entire um, barriers. And it started, you know, come for a little bit. People stopped like shopping. Like, people were still like shopping. 
still coming in, still doing this, blah, 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 blah. But, like, around six is where it's like, you better have a spotlight now. Um, I mean, I came a little bit earlier than 520, matter of fact, but the point being, I pretty much stand, stood for about almost two hours before the event started. And then I stood for about two hours as the event went on. So, all in all, I stood for about fucking four and a half hours for that damn event. And probably got about maybe 30 minutes to 40 minutes of real activity. That cannot happen again. They have to truncate the time or something. Because if they start, like, the actual, quote-unquote, you know, fun fest or fan fest, whatever they call it, starts at four. So people stand, people people stood from four to seven just to stand from the majority of seven to nine. Like, I know there was these interviews and you know, pep rallies and blah, 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 and people with more school spirit and people with more friends and have more fun with that. I, I understand that. But they have to at least cut an hour off from four to seven. It has to be four to six. Like, do that or cut some of the fat out of the actual telecast thing. You know, like, I swear to everything I love, they probably read spit, and I mean, Bruce joked about it. There's probably like six sponsorships that ran off. There was at least, like, I think, eight pep route or, you know, pep-ups, dances, whatever. And then Arby, like, five or six different, like, in-between segments. There was more Arby than it was the motherfuckers doing what they need to do to play the game or play the activities. That's just, that's an astronaut to me. That's asinine to me. I'm tired as fuck. I'm gonna end this right here. I'm tired as shit right now. I need to go to bed. Hope you all enjoy this. Uh, get some sleep.